0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100.
1: That's alienware.com slash deals.
2: I'm Ian Dark, and you're listening to Men in Blazers suboptimal radio on the Grandland Network. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this!
1: From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Soho, rog. <sighs> It's the Men in Blazers podcast. Last time in 2013? Is this? <laughs> this is the last time in 2013. I haven't checked my diary. Haven't checked for remaining podcasts of the year. It's been an amazing year. You look very Christmassy today, Rog. Thank I you. like the shawl
0: cardigan. Yes. Broken out. Yeah. It's because it's bloody cold. It is. It's snowy very cold on outside. on the streets of Manhattan. It is. It's But warming our hearts as we think about the last year, David.
1: It's oh, what been. an amazing year it's been, Rog.
0: And you know What? Next what? year...
1: It's going to be even better. It is. 2040? It is. Why? So, oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, don't get me so, started. Yeah. Okay, um, got it. It's
0: year, the year of Jürgen is all I'm going to tell you.
1: Uh, well, I mean, look. Four given. more years. Four more, <laughs> Four years. more years. Yeah, Four. we're going to talk about that. New contract uh, for Jürgen Klinsmann. Uh, loads, loads to get through on this pod, Rog. First of all, we've lost two great men we since have. we last podded. We have. Nelson Mandela, Mandiba. Oh. uh, poor. Loved the game, loved sport, properly loved football. Love Who can forget him at the South African World Cup? Uh, and Peter O'Toole, Rog. Oh, well, Nelson Mandela. Yeah, Mandiba. We are two cynics. Yeah.
0: But that first game of the 2010 World Cup. Yeah. Watching his video address before we were, the Mexico Shallabalabba game.
1: Yeah, we were in Brooklyn.
0: We were in Brooklyn together and we'd we never at each been there other before for a minute.
1: Yeah.
0: And we thought i remember a tear coming down your cheek i held myself together but for a minute nelson mandela even made set blatter look like he knew what he was doing for a minute (laughs) yeah for one minute for a minute for one minute he said sports the power to change the world power to inspire the power to unite people speaks to youth in a language they understand creates hope where the once was only despair Clearly not a Sunderland fan then, David.
1: Although we're watching in the background while we're podding, we're watching Sunderland. Look at, oh, surely he makes you love Germans. Um, Sunderland uh, playing Chelsea in the background in the Carling Cup as we speak. Talking of Blatter, though, Rog, his quote after uh, Mandela's died, all about Sepp Blatter. He wasn't about missing Mandela. It was this, oh, I just will always remember the way he said my name.
0: Sepp, Sepp, (laughs) Sepp
1: was his quote.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's uh, that's set bladder. Peter O'Toole, though, David. Yeah. What a man. Yeah, great man. From that breed of British blokes who existed in a world before, I guess, misogyny was was actually defined as a word. They were known for their debauchery and their hedonism. Mm Mm-hmm. They're womanizing, they're drinking, they're gambling, and we lived in a pretty drab, grey England. And they seemed Oliver Reed was another one.
1: Yeah, well, seemed
0: to loom very large. David George Best, Lawrence of Arabia, one of my favourite movies. Thy mother mated with a scorpion. He said the story I loved about him that I read was he and Omar Sharif when they made that movie. Uh huh. They gambled a hell of a lot. He said we spent all our money that we earned over nine months in one night in Beirut. <laughs> they met again a year later in Casablanca, and lost all the money. They'd made over the last year in two nights in Casablanca. Uh-huh. And he said, we weren't sober, but neither were we unconscious. Ah, oh, that's good. Could be what all a motto.
1: perfect, what a perfect state.
0: Could be all. Was that how we were at our holiday show this time. last week? We were week,
1: holiday show this time last week. Size uh, the day, Davy. Yeah, it was a fantastic night, Rod. So great to see so many GFOPs, GFOPs <sighs> who we've only known through their thumbnails on Twitter. Yep. We met Josh Kale. We met uh, Jason mm-hmm. Kennedy. Uh, We met uh, Black Bile, Mark Cole. We met met all of these guys. We met
0: hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Rebecca Lowe, beautiful story Rebecca about her first love, Simon Rogers. More on that
1: Simon Roger. in the new year. Yeah, more to come. We're still investigating that story.
0: Alexi Lalas. Yeah, played his guitar. Yeah, Hootie and the Bluefish, rumoured to be getting back
1: together just when they heard him play
0: that guitar so
1: beautifully. I was disappointed he wore a hat for his whole appearance, though. We you didn't were, really get to marvel at the true power of his ginger hair. Well,
0: I think shame of gingyism, it's a theme we are going to pick up on yeah. today. But
1: I will say, one thing we cut out of the show, David, which
0: mm-hmm. amazed me, we were going to do a gift exchange Yeah. on uh, on stage where we we cut it out to save time. Yeah. And when we opened the gifts that you and I had brought for each other, yeah.
1: <laughs> we found out we had got each other the exact same gift. Which is remarkable, because you must have bought your one for me, Online, I did, or somewhere in New York online. City. I bought mine for you at Stamford Bridge after seeing uh, Chelsea play Southampton. What was it, David? It was a John Terry face mask <laughs> that we'd both bought for each other. And the amazing thing is, is that at the uh, at the Chelsea gift shop outside the um, not the store, but at the the sort of like the gift shed uh, outside the stadium, the shed. you're allowed. They were offering a, th- a, a three for the price of two, so I could have got three masks for the price of two. And There's I had a bit of an argument John with the guy because I only wanted one. Three John Terry. <laughs> I got yours to mock you. Yeah. You
0: got me mine because you thought if I wore it, it would make me a better man. Yeah, pretty but, much. But I realized
1: afterwards, Maybe I actually... a bigger hit with the ladies.
0: I, well, I was going to say, I got yours because I thought it would be cheaper than Viagra
1: for you yeah. to spice
0: things up. You know oh, I mean? well,
1: there you go. we got a packed show, Rog. Uh, final part of the year. A deep dive into this weekend's latest bare-bottom spankings, which passes narrative in the Premier League. I think we know something now, Rog. Uh, we are eight 19th, sixteen thirty-eighth through the Premier League season. I think we finally know a thing then? or two. We do, do. we do. We do. We're going to go to your Ravens. And, Rog, uh, you have an interview uh, coming up with Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck. What a great American name, Andrew Luck. Pretty American man. Yeah. And uh, your chance out there, GFOPS, to win one of ten copies of a limited edition FIFA 14 game with Men in Blazers on the cover. That's amazing. In our first annual Men in Blazers Biped of the Year contest. I'm quite excited. David. Oh, I'm excited it's at Biped excited. of the Year. Yeah, but we are with 1630. God, another years year we, we didn't discover alien life with because that would be the Biped of the Year. It's, two, it's coming up.
0: 2015. It is coming first, up. First we win the World Cup. Yeah. Then we discover life on Mars. Yeah, and then hope that they can be qualified to play for America. Facts on the ground, still hard to come by, David. Well, 19th of the way through. You think so? But we don't really care about facts on this show. We just know one thing. Farewell, Steve Clark.
1: Yeah, farewell, Steve Clark. Au revoir. Farewell, AVB. Well, we'll talk about him a lot. (sighs) I'm just saying we know two things. We know farewell, Steve (laughs) Clark, and farewell,
0: AVB. Um, Steve Clark I feel sad about. Yeah. Because the Premier League runs off Scots who look like they're kind of... Trying to sweat off the half bottle of cheap scotch they had for breakfast on the sideline. Nothing wrong with cheap scotch. He was doomed by four consecutive Premier League losses. Yeah. And he fell afoul of the ultimate sad footballing reality. Yeah. You
1: can't play Manchester United every week. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I wonder how I feel about I and mean, Steve Clark obviously, you know, served a great time at Chelsea as well. Um, and, and we always have great affection uh, for, for that man and I think he did a very good job at West Bromwich Albion for me my first thought was he lost he lost Lukaku you know he lost Romello. what a difference one player made to his season last year um, and very tough to come by in a very competitive Premier League and he's lost some games like you know that one referee decision against Chelsea you know stole three points away from them um, yeah, I just mean, very tough ultimately he
0: didn't handle the transfers at West Brom but the powers that be in these clubs both Tottenham which we will talk about and West Brom which we probably won't the clubs are having to decide whether they trust the club infrastructure before investing more in the transfer window that's about to open so modern reality managerial heads will
1: roll and he's not an inspiring leader you know in any way he's not that kind of a guy he's not a guy who you're going to you know, put in front of uh, shareholders or prospective, um, you know, Arab, Chinese, Russian, uh, you know, buyers. He's no Brendan Rogers. No, definitely no Brendan Rodgers. Um, anyway, farewell, Steve Clark. Uh, talking Brendan Rogers, Roger. Tottenham, talking, transitioning into AVB. Tottenham, nil. Liverpool, five. Uh, Liverpool, frankly, humiliated Tottenham, Rog. doling out a bare-bottom spanking in their, own, uh, in their own stadium. An incandescent Luis Suarez condemns AVB, fired the next day, Liverpool moved back into second place on goal wow. defence from Chelsea, Roger. Wow, What a battle, the battle of the wavering narratives, you could say, David. Yeah, I would say that there have been three teams who've really impressed me this year. Arsenal, with some of their early season form. Uh, Man City, again and again and again, including this weekend. And I've got to tell you, what Liverpool did... In this game against Tottenham, it was truly impressive. I agree. No Steven Gerrard. I would add for Everton's
0: performance against Arsenal. No, Daniel Sturridge. I
1: knew you should have done, but I didn't want to bring him up. No, you're right. No problem for
0: Liverpool, though. We got a glimpse of their post DVG reality. post DVG reality. And as in Genesis, it was good. Suarez was the captain. A lot of press about that. I don't see what the furore and hubbub was about making Suarez captain, David. There's a lot of worse leaders I can think of. (laughs) Stalin. Slobodan Milosevic Kim Jong-un come to mind but let's just say this was a no very no John Terry
1: joke at the end of
0: that <laughs> I can't believe it I got my face mask I know it, can't it...
1: believe it okay um,
0: it was a very bad day indeed for AVB's powerpoints uh-huh. I can't get confirmation from Tottenham on this but I believe the one he showed at half time had only one slide <laughs> and it just said <laughs> negative spiral in all caps and in a very deep voice not not in the face very very sad David yeah um, Suarez the captain, let's just call him captain. The captain, my captain. Validated the decision in 18 minutes. I oh, love that goal. Such composure as the bullets flew all around him and he cut inside Kyle Walker, finished ruthlessly. With Suarez, David, who has been the greatest first half of a Premier League season performance I've seen. I
1: would just say it's easy. Especially when you're suspended for 10 games at the beginning of that first half.
0: It's so easy to take him for granted. That's right. His play there is ethereal. And I think more than anything, it's testament to the, well, I think a human hunger for redemption, would you say?
1: Well, certainly, I mean, I don't know if it's hunger for redemption, but it is hunger. He plays football. He plays sport. He competes. He believes with a hunger that you just don't see many athletes have. At certain points, I was watching him. And it's one of those goals he scored. It was... And David, you take your pick of those goals. goals. The second was 18 touches, 10 passes, seven players involved, Liverpool's collective ability. All of them required just... It's just the confidence of finish and the amount of belief and commitment you see in every single thing that he does. You just do not see often in sport. That is a man who does not have demons. There aren't... There isn't self-doubt. There isn't... There's no demon... Inside the demon, yeah. there are no demons. He's just wants it. He wants it so, so badly. I, tell you, I
0: think maybe the demon should in be incredibly the clinical. Face.
1: The demon in
0: the demon is just a very clinical finisher. Yeah. But I, do, I think about redemption when I see him. I think so much redemption. I can imagine Tom Hanks trying to queue up an opportunity to play Suarez in a feel-good blockbuster movie, which I will oh. never go and see. But he and Ku who we'll talk about, haven't seen it either, Devo, in sports since Sammy Sosa and Mark Maguire were swinging for the fences minus the chewing tobacco and the roids. 17 goals, 11 appearances, an average of 1.54 goals a game. And perhaps his greatest feat of all this season.
1: And he did that, by the way, with no preseason, really, with no us coming in cold at the beginning of the I season. I mean, Liverpool had that. a secret
0: um, series of games they played indoors against really competitive teams to get him ready. But you're right. Like Norian. Le- no, no, no one that good, David. But even more than anything, he single-handedly disproved to me the existence of karma, which has been in operative existence since, well, the Brahmanic religion in the early Vedantic movement of the first millennium BC, let's just say. How bad were Spurs, though, David? The- <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's funny. Yes, it is the death of karma. But I've got to tell you, as a lover of sport, I defy you as a lover of sport. And I do think, look, we love narrative and we get caught up in it all the time. Oh, but, at point, the but at a certain point, we run
0: a bath. But at a
1: certain point, we also loving. love football. And when we watch players, what happens a lot in football is we start judging people on the basis of their narrative rather than on the quality of their football. And Suarez is case number one of a guy. You do not, if you're going to underrate Suarez as a footballer because of everything he does, you do not truly understand or get football. He is an amazing, amazing footballer, and it is a joy to watch him play the game. As for Tottenham, um, you know, it's tough. I just think Liverpool came out and played an absolutely unbelievable game, and Tottenham had a chance to sort of face up and think whether or not they would actually compete. I mean, they tried everything. Paulinho, you know, literally studded suarez yes, in the chest yes. a challenge by the way that i thought i thought you were allowed to like put your studs right into suarez's chest yeah, and he was everybody in the legal. stadium was shocked it is
0: legal the referee you heard him say to the referee by the way Paulinho, when he did that you yeah. show what a rational all-round good guy is. he did <laughs> he did something i think that any right-thinking man would do in Luis suarez's vicinity he went all jet lee on the uruguayan yeah that was one of my guilty pleasures of the weekend yeah. that noise that noise that came out of lewis
1: when yeah. he was kicked yeah.
0: You scream like a little yelping Shih Tzu. Yeah. And I want uh, someone who listen to the show, could you put it to techno music? I would do if I had the know how. I'd go to sleep listening yeah. to that. Garage sound, band. It would sound like What Does the Fox Say? But
1: yeah.
0: It was just like yeah, a. It was, oh, it was a good noise. An amazing noise. But they've got all these big boys, Tottenham, Dembele, Paulinho, Sandro. They had Capoue, they had Michael Dawson floundering at the back. And Liverpool looked like Visigoths, hellbent on sacking Rome every time they went forward. Yeah. No collective team play from Tottenham, no cohesion.
1: You know, there was a moment where you were watching replays and you were thinking, and the uh, you know the the, the analyst Graham Leso was sort of saying, "Well, you got to defend at a better level than that." And I got to say, you'd then watch the replay and you'd think, "I got to tell you, Tottenham actually worked pretty hard to defend that. They just could not deal with the movement again and again of Suarez, but also Jordan uh, Henderson, Jordan Henderson. It's almost like Stuart Downing voice, Jordan Henderson." Had an amazing game. Of Raheem football. Sterling, born and again. fantastic game of football. Did Flanagan, you, Flanagan and Flanagan's Flanagan, mole, both is, amazing games. And, and my favourite,
0: yeah, Coutinho.
1: Coutinho, the had marvel great game. who has Joel a low, Allen had a great game. I
0: believe no one has a lower ratio between worst hair and best foot skills than Coutinho. I think he's unbelievable.
1: I have to think about that.
0: Flanagan, that moment, David. Yeah. When he played the role of executioner with his first league goal. Yeah. And probably it will be his last. Because Suarez celebrated with him by kissing him flush on the mouth, Ugh. all teeth and no tongue with that one. Ugh. Oh, I don't. That annoyed me. That should have been on after the watershed. John Flanagan's goal-scoring face. They yeah. should have put that on when yeah, children could right. see it.
1: You're absolutely right. It
0: was a, It was like in the NFL where they put those commercials on for X-rated films. Was, it was children should not be looking at Flanagan. We're still face.
1: finding it difficult to talk about Tottenham. All we can do, which is great, is talk about the victors, but. What is there to say about Tottenham now? Two comprehensive shellackings uh, against Manchester City and against Liverpool. And, and, and a, a good... 3-0 against West Ham. Yeah, and But within this period, also, we should say a 2-2 uh, draw against Manchester United that was a better result than I think that even AVB almost gave that away in the press conference by attacking the press. But what do you make of this team, Rog? What well, do you make of them? Well,
0: they're just five points off fourth place, I know! which is kind of crazy and makes me think that perhaps AVB's secret life goal is to be the first man to be fired from every London club. That's really (laughs) what his game is. And he departs a figure of mockery again, which I feel, I mean, I feel sad for him. He's blamed the medical staff, he's blamed the fans, he's blamed the players. We knew it was going to come home to roost. But then you look at the stats, he leaves, having gained Spurs' highest points tally in the Premier League era, best Uh win percentage of 53% of any Spurs manager in the last 20 years. Um, But he's washed up at age 36. I know exactly how that feels. Join the club, mate. Feel for him. I hope Portugal, dear Portugal, please consider appointing AVB as your national team coach for the 2014 World Cup.
1: Yeah, I mean, the case against is that football is not about win percentages or the number of points you receive. It's about trying to win, trying to win the league, trying to get in the, the new trophy, getting fourth place in the Premier League. And with the amount of money that was spent with the sale of Gareth Bale, um, you'd think that Tottenham might have had a bit more, um, could show more than these bad results. I think if they'd lost these games 1-0, 2-1, 3-2, I'm not sure he'd be gone. I I think it's the manner of the losses. And and the conversations he had with Daniel Levy afterwards. And how few goals they've scored. Daniel
0: Levy is the man making these transfers happen. Yeah. Avb came in, lost Modric, lost Bale, mm-hmm. but I would imagine there was a tête-à-tête between the chairman and the manager, and the chairman saw a man who was absolutely at a loss about how to make this team occur. Yeah. Clint Dempsey must be loving this. I have to say, Avb's firing makes the odd timing of Klinsman's new contract with the US four more years seem all the more prescient. But if, I feel for Spurs. But fans, it's, what they, there, it's what
1: you're suggesting. There is what you're suggesting that Klinsman was possibly a candidate. Or was buzz? There was some buzz around Klinsman going to Tottenham.
0: Okay, I imagine he had a conversation with Galatti Just Sonny, just saying. Even VB may not belong am,
1: for this world. I am a Tottenham hero.
0: <laughs> yes, I like living in Malibu, but the Thames in the south, in some parts, <laughs> if
1: you squint really hard. I know. In the unlikely event you go from North London anywhere near the Thames. I'm just
0: saying. Um, I don't know what to tell you about that. I feel for Tottenham fans because if for
1: Tottenham now, David, let me ask you this: Is the season now a wash? Um, well, I think a new manager is going to have a lot of excuses. But as you say, they're five points out of the Champions League positions. And these teams are going to beat each other. There are a lot of points that are going to go either way. You, these in the top, top 10 team. Uh, a- these Bebo's top, top 9 table. or 10 teams, the top 10 table. A lot of these um, teams have still got to go and play each other. And there are a lot of there are a, lot of, a lot of points are going to be dropped.
0: A lot of flip-flopping narrative. Two weeks ago, Liverpool lost to Hull City. And we talked about how quickly a segment of the Liverpool fan base turned on Brendan Rodgers, turned on FSG. They're now second once more. Where are those critics now? Mm -hmm. One of the nice parts of the AVB story we should just mention, at AVB, Ashley Van Buren. (laughs) This poor woman, a theatre creative in New York City who innocently happens to have at AVB on her Twitter Great news story it became. She got thousands of tweets from angry and low IQ Spurs fans like "Die you Portuguese bastard," all that kind of thing. And she responded in like in show tunes. Uh, we had her on the show on Sirius on Monday. Yeah. We posted it on our Tumblr. We love her at Avb, one of our
1: favourite follows. I think we're going to produce a musical, David. Oh, I'd love that of her interactions with Spurs fans. That's so good. No, that's an amazing, an amazing story. Um, Tottenham though. Whatever happens the rest of the season, they don't look in the same class as Liverpool. They don't look in the same class as Arsenal. don't look in the same class as Everton, Rog. And they certainly don't look in the same class as Manchester City. Man City, six. Arsenal, three. Dominance, Rog. Absolute dominance uh, at home. Overwhelming. A tired Arsenal. Scored three times, but was still on the end of a pistol-whipping. It was a lopsided 6-3. I think 6-3 is a flattering scoreline in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end, Wenger was like, we could have scored 6.
1: And Pellegrini was like, we could have have scored 50.
0: (laughs) I mean, it was a game that reminded me of a simple truth, David.
1: Football
0: is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was a massive game. Absolutely massive. And the question is, has Arsenal's quiet inferiority complex come home to roost? That's really the big... Question that we'll tackle, but I love Cuneguerro. Nineteen goals in twenty games in all comps. He's the Argentinian Suarez. Thirteen mm-hmm. league goals. I love that opening goal. Di Michele. He may look like he's a roadie for a Nickelback cover band, but oh, the way he flicked that ball on! can made that finish. How easy did he make it look?
1: No, it was a fantastic he finish.
0: Recalibrated in a microsecond. Part ballet dancer, part howitzer. I was impressed how Arsenal gritted themselves back into it, David. Yeah, I was
1: impressed Walcott, particularly. What a fine game for the uh, young England winger.
0: First start since September, clipped the ball home after Rosel set him up past a flat-footed Pantomion who looked less and less a world-class goalkeeper. More and more a possible co-star should Billy Crystal be so moved to make my
1: giant <laughs> tape? Um, yeah, I mean, Man City, phenomenal. No team has played, I think you, even you would agree, that no team has played that level of football this season in the Premier League. I'm not even sure that I've seen a team in Europe play better football than Manchester I think City. I they'll beat Barcelona. Just well, saying. you do. Well, that's interesting. Well, they certainly beat Bayern Munich away.
0: I mean, they score when they want, and that's yeah. the
1: key. They score when they want.
0: At home, 4-0, 2-0, 4-1, 3-1, 7-0, 6-0, 3-0, 6-3. They're like Dan Fout, San Diego Chargers. And the question is, can they score that many away. Can they work that out? They have 35 goals, Davo, in eight home games this Premier League season. Yeah. Only Liverpool have scored more goals total this season. I mean, you could say Arsenal look leggy. I mean, they did look like a team who'd had just 63 hours between the game in Napoli for the Champions League and yeah. taking the field early Saturday morning. They had an Arteta-sized space in the vicinity of the box. And City just, oh, Yaya, Negredo, Zabaleta, one of my favourite players. Well, I'd say... I would say a stealth world class player, David mm-hmm. to have a letter. the face of an accountant, a threat of a world
1: class footballer burning up and down that wing. Well, he's really the modern. I mean he's the he's he's the modern uh he's the modern wing back, he's the modern full-back in the great Chirundolo tradition, his ability to churun and dolo, to attack and defend. Um, I think zab and letter are Spanish for Turun for, and Dolan. Yeah, it that is zab and letter. He's zabbing and lettering. There's no doubt about it. Can Arsenal feel hard done
0: to? I mean, no team had scored. City had let in two goals all season at home. Yeah. Arsenal scored three. Off officiating, offsides, penalties they didn't get. But to some degree, David, they they still seemed they still seemed second best. Even even if you give
1: them all of that, and they've now got Chelsea on the horizon. Look, I don't think there's a lot that that Arsenal can take out of that game. I think they've just got to, like, you know, take it on the chin and say we were beaten by a much better team. They're still two points ahead at the top of the Premier League. Um, Frankly, their away record, you know, against the top teams in the Premier League, yes, they've lost twice. They've lost them both Manchester teams, but they haven't played very many. I think what Arsenal have to really look at is can we go to Chelsea? can we go to um, Can we go to Liverpool? Can we go to Everton? And can we go and get wins? Can we go there and not drop points? If they can, they stand a very good chance of winning the Premier League. I agree.
0: I mean, the fact that they lost does not mean that they're suddenly chasing their fourth place trophy. Although I must say at a certain point, they did seem uh, like a team who felt that like their fourth place trophy was on the line already. The transfer window is going to be the place where we work out the exact order of that top four. I loved what Robbie Earl said. He said, there's a mini wobble. And if they don't win it, Chelsea, it will become a full-scale wobble. It's his new name, David. Wobble Earl. They don't yeah. call him that for nothing. He knows wobble. He knows about wobbles, wobble Earl. Yeah. Pellegrini after the game, he said, I don't think it's the best performance because Arsenal scored three goals. It's too much. Yeah. And the immediate headache for him is Aguero out for one month. I guess the good news is he'll be fresh for the February games against Barcelona Mm -hmm. and the bad news is I guess Dzeko may be back unless they play Silver behind the Grado Arsenal started the weekend five points clear now there's four members of the chasing peloton your favourite word are just four points back
1: well yeah it is a peloton and there's not a lot to divide a lot of these teams um Chelsea 2, Crystal Palace 1. I don't even know. I want to talk about this, Rog. Uh, an underwhelming performance. You can, like, underline that three times, capitalise it, bold it, do anything you want. Uh, has the Stamford Bridge faithful, and there are only about five of them, uh, <laughs> booing their side. But once more, Chelsea gritted out a win with goals from Torres and Ramirez. Rog, this was a terrible performance. I said to you, you asked me about if I'd, if I'd seen the game right after it, and I said, yes. And Chelsea's poor performances each week, seem to make you nostalgic for the last poor performance. Um, the, this, this made me nostalgic for the uh, loss uh, at Stoke. That made me nostalgic for the loss against Everton. The performances just get worse and worse. This was terrible. This was terrible. Chelsea, This They scored no, too early. No, is that your analysis? Is that your, is, is that your analysis? No uh, width, no ability to cross the ball from either side. You know, you asked me earlier what I think of Willian. I I have no idea what I think about Willian. Yes, he created the first goal by by, uh, hitting the ball, turned onto the post, but I don't know that he's really a footballer. Chelsea just huff and huff and puff and puff. They possess the ball, and they conspire again and again and again to get no shot on goal whatsoever from multiple, 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 overwhelming, outmanned players. Goal-scoring positions. That's one thing they do. And secondly, they conspire again and again, giving away so little possession to give away clear goal-scoring opportunities again and again and yeah, again to the goal opposes, clearance. Well, to the to the opposing. Well, that was crucial. But when, by the, but, the way, when is career is Shemak, over? Yeah.
0: When is when his career is over? I imagine JT on the embankment in London, homeless, mm-hmm. selling Betamax videos called JT's Top 100 Goal-Line Clearances. <laughs> get him here. Get him here. Yeah. Oh yeah, Maran Tramac horse tout. Oh, I love that when he lashed home with John Terry just watching.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a
0: man, Horsetel, who's had just two shots in eight league appearances. But away it's good from as home, from, from but it's good as the
1: finish scored with both of them. But as good as the finish with Schmack. It's just absolutely no pressure on the ball coming into the area. That is, is the it's just this is not the way that Mourinho seems. You can say that Mourinho has not quite understood. He's not quite adapted to the way that you have to play in the Premier League to score goals these days. He's got all of this speed on the team. But the fact is that speed is not overwhelming. We were talking about Damien Duff earlier. Do you remember when Damien Duff, who's not a particularly quick player, but he could dominate on the wing. He looked quick. He looked quick, and he could dominate on the wing. Today, you need so much speed, such overwhelming speed, to go and beat a player one-on-one. And certainly, at the point you're, Matt, you're you're double-teamed. There's no way to go. The the game ended up
0: oddly tense. The Palace fans, I love the Crystal Palace fans. They spent the whole game chanting, is this a library?
1: Is this a library? To so the two tune of Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho.
0: A lot of moaning from the Chelsea fans at the end. Palace just wouldn't be killed off and they were awful. Chelsea's passing just fell apart. Mourinho said... I thought Palace were great, Mourinho. by the oh, way. I, I don't think poor. they were awful. I thought, were I thought, poor. I thought Palace I thought Chelsea were great. Were doubly poor. He said the ball smelt the line, but we must work out how to kill games confidently. Here's the big issue for this game. games? Davis. Chelsea team beat Arsenal on Monday. If this Chelsea team beat Arsenal as bad as Chelsea are, they're diabolical. Yeah. They will. They will go top of the league. It will feel a bit like Kevin Spacey becoming vice president in House of Chelsea Cards if that occurs. Chelsea
1: played diabolically, Rog. But Chelsea is not a diabolical team. There are great individuals on that team. And they are still... You know, you play against them just like Mourinho before they played Southampton, which is, oh, how are you facing up to play Southampton? He says, well, look, yeah, Southampton are a very good team, but I think they're going to realise that we're one of the best teams they'll play against this season. We offer a challenge as well. Chelsea are a hard team to go up against. They're physically strong. They have speed all over the field and they definitely have flaws, but they have scoring threats from all over the place and they have world-class players in every position. However, the idea that they are in second place or third place, only divided on goal difference from Liverpool, it is crazy. But every team has had terrible performances this season. Every single team. It's Kevin Spacey, David. It is. It's Kevin Spacey. It just is.
0: Talking about terrible teams.
1: Yeah, Aston Villa, nil. Oh, Manchester United, that's who you mean. (laughs) Three. This was a good performance, actually. Uh, After back-to-back losses, United got a much-needed win against an insipid Aston Villa, thanks to a strong performance from Danny Welbeck. Fantastic performance, filling in for RVP. Three-nil, and even Tom cleverly scored. Cleverly scored, scored a good one. I didn't watch the game as much as Rubberneck,
0: David. I, I think, like many people, I tuned in to watch Moyes' age months in 90 minutes. Yeah. But those two goals in two minutes by Welbeck, Gave United haters,
1: like me, mm-hmm. little joy. And Man United could be back. They could be back, Rog. They're not sitting so far back, and the teams ahead of them are not so good. You start winning games away, like at Aston Villa, who at times this season have been a top 10 team, and you never know. Well, they you were, could they, be there. They
0: were truly, truly crap. We'll get to Aston Villa in a second. I did love... When he scored his second goal, Danny Welbeck, the United fans started chanting, we are staying up, we are staying up. <laughs> Love that. That kind of symbolises the season so far for United. But the team ran rampant. Villa was so sloppy. They were unable to defend. Rooney ran rampant once more. And the odd stat, United, inverse of City goal-wise, they've scored exactly twice as many away goals as they have at home, 16-8, to which is very, very odd. Very, very odd. Um and the, another thing that was beautiful about this game you mentioned earlier there's just moments when you watch Luis Suarez a footballing beauty that transcend the individual mm-hmm. you, I defy anybody no matter how they feel about United to not derive great pleasure from watching Darren Fletcher
1: I'll come back take yeah, come back game.
0: on substitute 20 minutes to go First appearance since Boxing Day last year after being diagnosed with uh, ulcer. What's the word? Ulcerative colitis. Yeah. Colitis. Huge evasion. Um, beautiful. Moyes has a new weapon at his disposal. Talking about big weapons. Big yeah. problem for Villa. Christian Bentenke, fat new contract. Yeah. No goals in 11 hours plus of football. It's as if his goal-scoring spirit just flew out of his body through Aaron
1: Ramsey's nostrils. Yeah. Big problems <sighs> for Belgium. As well. Um, you know, there, many saw him, even though they do have Romelu, Morales, they've got other options, but many saw Benteke as the great World Cup striker, one of the players that was going to break out in Brazil next time. They've got
0: two terrible players. Yeah. Benteke and Fellaini. They're yeah. crap. Belgium. Total, total crap. Um, interesting story coming out of Old Trafford, which is about everything and nothing. Fergie always hosted a Christmas pantomime mm-hmm. where the youth team were able to mock the first Uh team, famously, I think it was last year, one of the youth teamers um, turned up on stage wearing a Shrek mask and a perm wig to take the piss out of Wayne Rooney's hair transplant. Moyes banned the whole thing, gave a long speech instead to his players, very Ebenezer Scrooge bar humbug of him. But to your point, I think he's a man who knows, no matter how poor United have been thus far, this is their next couple of games, Dave West Ham.
1: Yeah. Hull. Yeah.
0: Norwich. Nine points for United fans could be the best Christmas gift
1: of all. Could be amazing. So many games. I mean, when you were talking earlier about Arsenal being leggy, there are so many games over the Christmas period. you better get ready for uh, for some, you know, I don't think the table's going to look the way it does uh, by the time we get to New Year's Day. Um, finally, Rog, your beloved Everton for Fulham one. Uh, Everton won at a cost of one. Uh Jared Delafeo oh. uh, hamstring and probably I think even you would admit a slightly flattering scoreline for the uh, blue side of Liverpool.
0: Yep, Nigel, poor game. Great result. I mean we laboured for long parts of that second half. Uh it fell apart at some time and Jerry D. <sighs> hamstring Dave he's out for three weeks. Two months,
1: five weeks, yeah.
0: Watching him writhe in pain, it was like seeing someone strangle a puppy on television. (laughs) I couldn't stand it. Um, But then a burst of Martinez football at the end, all flicks and movement and Lukaku and Sheamus and it became darkness for Fulham. Um, Light around the corner for Fulham. Mm -hmm. Rumor is Clint. He has risen. USA. USA. Clint Dempsey, rumored to be coming back to Fulham for a two-month loan spell. At that, Josh Cale says, Mark the calendar, January the 11th, Fulham versus Sunderland, the Dempsey-Altidore derby. <laughs> that's it. All of our great American players are in the bear pit of the relegation team. We've got well, Breck against
1: Clint, against
0: <laughs> <There's> Cameron. <Jimsy. laughs> Everybody's there. <laughs> They're all in that scrum at the bottom. What a great footballing nation we are, and that's why we love you. Can I say one thing that Well, if me? this
1: does happen, that's great, by the way, for the US men's national team. Great for Clint Dempsey. I think fantastically he's going to go back I mean, notwithstanding the bad weather, the cold, and the risk of injury, for Clint to, to go back right now to Fulham, it's great for Fulham fans, great to try and like, keep them up, but great to keep them in shape for the World Cup. And
0: rewind the last 60 months as if they've all been a bad dream. The thing that annoyed me most about this game, and something really upset me the whole weekend, Dave, and I couldn't work out what it was, because Everton had won three points. I thought <laughs> they were going to lose, they won. But I was still pissed off. Do you know what it was? What? John Arne He's died. Is gingy hair oh, a blackish-brown.
1: Yeah, no, it's terrible.
0: It's abhorrent. It is. It's a crime against humanity.
1: It's like, that, what's it you said earlier about Lallus wearing his
0: hat? It's, it's gingy self-loathing. Yeah. I hate it. I won't stand for it. Listen, gingies, this is just to you. Yeah. I'm broadcasting to you. Just be yourself, gingies. Yeah. Be yourself. Listen, Nelson Mandela once said, Courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who doesn't feel afraid, gingies. But it's he who conquers that fear. Be yourself.
1: I should say, a great weekend for Gingy's, Rog. Ben Stokes, the uh, England number six, in a terrible uh, uh, winter for England down under in Australia. Lost the ashes, 3-0. But the one bright spot for England, Ben Stokes, batting at number six, scored a century in his second test. He's a fantastic Gingy.
0: You might Roger. be second-class citizens, Gingy, but we're all right with it.
1: Yeah, it's all good. All good. Uh, rog, right now, you're taking us... A- Into an interview.
0: I am. Set it up. Well, I'm going to speak to someone.
1: Yeah. Who plays football. But American football quarterback style. But loves. Soccer.
0: Football, football. Our guest today gives new meaning to one of our favorite phrases, quarterback style. A man who graduated from Stanford with a degree in architectural design, received the Almasters Award for smartest athlete along the way, and became the first overall pick. In a 2012 draft, proceeding to break rookie yardage records and becoming only the fifth quarterback to pass for 20 touchdowns in each of his first two seasons. Not bad for a gent who once interned in the MLS with a San Jose clash. Welcome to the pod, a man who lists two of his favorite things as books and soccer, starting quarterback for the AFC South leading Indianapolis Colts, Mr. Andrew Luck.
2: I appreciate the introduction. I have, to, I have to correct you, though. It wasn't the San Jose Clashes, the San Jose Earthquakes. The Clash is going way back, I think, to like the NASL of
0: the 1970s. It's you, youngies. You always confuse us, Andrew. But got, <laughs> congratulations on the win over the weekend playing against the Houston Texans. You, you came of age in Houston. It must have felt a little bit like the Andrew Luck derby to you. <laughs>
2: uh, thank you. It's a big win. Uh, it's, it's fun. You know, Houston's in our division, so we get to play them twice a year. Uh, you know, I still have a lot of family that lives down there, so it, it's always uh, you know nice to play them, especially when it's down there. My, my, my grandparents, they're, they're a little older, so it's harder for them to travel, but they, they can always make at least one game a year.
0: And they get to see you glorious. But you came of age in London a little bit, and you were exposed to football of the English beer and pie variety there. <laughs> can you take us back to your early interactions with the game, Andrew?
2: Yeah, so I grew up for for you know, nine years overseas, a couple of them in London, and then the majority in, 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 in Germany. Uh, you know, my, my father was working for NFL Europe, which, was, which is a now defunct sort of minor league system for the NFL, uh, and, and, and I love soccer. I remember we lived close to Arsenal's old oh. stadium, was it, was it Highbury? That's right. Is that, is that correct? So I, I know we, we went to a couple games there. Uh, you know, obviously played it in, at recess in school and, and you know, little leagues. So uh, I, I definitely enjoyed the sport. Uh, still do. Still love the sport.
0: There's so much NFL and college-style football on television. What is it that grabs your interest about soccer football, Andrew?
2: Uh, I don't know. I think, one, you know, going back to maybe growing up and, and so many fond memories of being in Europe, uh, you know, the passion uh, I think you know that that, that supporters have for their mm-hmm. football clubs in, in Europe uh, is, is, is different than the passion you know an NFL or college fan will have, and you know I think both are great in their own right. But uh, but to me, I think you know the the, the, the supporters of you know of Tottenham or Arsenal or Manchester United are. are, are I love I love watching the games and and hearing you know hearing them chant and sing, and, and I love the fluidity of soccer. Uh, you know you have your two halves, your 45 minute halves, and you know, there is going to be action in it. Where, you know, there is some sports. You know, the sport I play, football, it seems to be a much more staccato sport. Where you go, you stop for a while, maybe a TV timeout, and then you start up again.
0: You drink uh, a light so beer fun. in between players.
2: <laughs> a light beer, exactly.
0: Uh, they, how do you consume your football now? I mean, in NFL season, is the DVR a crucial ally for you?
2: It is. I, I honestly do not watch that much during this season. I, I you know, I think it's, it's great now uh, you get to you know NBC has so many games I know the Champions League uh, on Fox so I, I, I try to watch at least one game on a Saturday afternoon uh, to relax that's sort of when I have a little bit of time off and, and you know I'm definitely plugged into the MLS season uh, fairly heavily I'm a big supporter of the Houston Dynamo my father also used to work for that for that club so uh, he was the president Yes, he was. He, uh, was. he was. He was so an I,
0: amazing bloke, Oliver. Amazing bloke there. But you actually <laughs> travelled to games, right? Earlier this year, you took Matt back to a game in London. What was that like?
2: Oh, it was. It was. It was, it was, a champion, it was the Champions League final between uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern uh, oh. at Wembley, which has always been a dream of mine to go watch. A game at Wembley and to make it a Champions League final was was very special as well.
0: You just wanted to watch the German invasion, right?
2: <laughs> it, it was a German invasion. It was interesting too. The pregame pageantry reminded me of a an NFL game, and they had they had it was some knights in shining armor. It was an invasion.
0: <laughs> well, what did Matt make it of all?
2: Oh, well, you know what, Matt? Matt didn't get to go to the game. Actually, he was he, he didn't make the trip. <sighs> the Sorry, yeah. but but. But I, I, I do. He does yell at me if I get if I get talking about soccer too much. <laughs> uh, but he puts up with me most but of the
0: time. In um, and I know you you did come of age in London. I know you're a fan of soccer. When we said you were coming on the show, we heard from a lot of Arsenal fans who believe that you support that team. That we heard from a lot of Tottenham fans who believe you support that team, Andrew. <laughs> What's the truth? I know what, what is the truth of your fandom.
2: That's a paradox, right? Go on uh it honestly I support the U.S players but the, the the team that I follow completely is the Dynamo, the Houston Dynamo. so that's my number one you know team in my heart. Uh, I started supporting Tottenham because of Clint Dempsey uh, you know, as an American <laughs> guy. I, I know it may not make sense but I try to support as many of the American fellows playing over there as possible. so right now you, you know Josie Alphador on Sunderland and then
0: you big Ricochet on. You bit Breck Shea.
2: yeah, Breck Shea and Jeff Cameron. Jeff Cameron, an old Dynamo player.
0: Oh, we adore uh, Jeff Stoke. Cameron on this show.
2: Yeah, and when and when Stuart Holden was on Bolton, and they were in the in the Premier League, I tried to follow them. So I don't I don't know if that's fair or not. But you, uh, you, you,
0: it says on your Wikipedia page that you previously supported Arsenal, but switched to Tottenham. Which to me, what do I know, Andrew? But it's a little bit like ditching Stanford to become an Oregon fan.
2: I know I I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, <laughs> I should have said my allegiance more to, to Clint Dempsey, but now that he's gone, I mean, you know, I'm open
0: again. I so guess. no Tottenham allegiance at all, especially not after this weekend.
2: No, no, not after this weekend. It was a, what was it? It was a goal fest, and they were on the wrong end of it. They right?
0: when Their manager was replaced. It's either going to be Bob Bradley, Lane Kiffin, or Jason Sudeckis who, uh, <laughs> who steps in there to, to try and pick up the slack. We asked our listeners, Andrew, which Premier yeah. League footballer do you most resemble in your play? Got a lot of answers. A lot okay. of people thought it was Jack Wilshere without the injuries, a young leader. A lot of people said you were a young Yaya Toure, which I admire and fear at the same time. I, <laughs> Sam Fochay said, Andrew Luck He's a mix of Rooney's grit, Aaron Ramsey's flash, John Terry's size, Timmy Howard's beard, and a bit of Les Scott's facial expressions mixed in for good measure. Who, who do you who, who do you relate to most on the, on the English Premier League field of play? Oh,
2: I think those are all for time. Comparisons. uh, I appreciate all. I I think it'd be great to be to be one of the (laughs) Torres. I love watching those big big guys play.
0: Yeah, yeah, Kole and Andrew Torres.
2: What's what's the song about them too? Isn't there? Oh yeah,
0: they've got their own song. We should get the Indianapolis Colts singing that about you. The Indianapolis (laughs) Colts. I know Aaron Rodgers is reputed to be a Liverpool fan. Is soccer starting to penetrate the old NFL locker room at all?
2: You know, I think people would be surprised how engaged you know, the locker room is and in a lot of sports, you know, soccer and basketball. Obviously, you know, so the big four in America, the hockey, basketball, and baseball. But uh, there are a lot of soccer fans. I know I play with uh, Bjorn Werner, a German guy who's a, a Hertha Berlin BSC fan. You know, he grew up in Berlin. So, so we. Uh, We've actually been talking a lot of smack to each other about the World Cup draw. Oh, group G. So, the group of death, or the totus Grupa.
0: Yeah, who's going to get through that with America, Andrew?
2: Well, Germany, I
0: think. Germany and America, right? Yeah. I love that. I love your optimism and positivity. But when you say you play, do you actually play football, or do you play EA Sports, FIFA?
2: Uh, A little both. I play play, probably more FIFA (laughs) on on the Xbox, but... uh... You in quite... college, I I'd, I'd play intramural, which is sort of you know the, the intramural college sort of rec league, uh, with a bunch <laughs> of other football guys, and uh, we never made it to the championship. We always lost.
0: What, what kind of a player were you?
2: I was a hustler with absolutely zero technical ability. Oh,
0: you could play for Everton by the sound of things. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you up with Roberto Martinez after this call. But you you were in one of the uh, the FIFA ads. I know you're quite a gamer. Are you, are you got incredible FIFA talents or can Robert Mathis crush <laughs> it?
2: I doubt Rob could crush me at it. I would not say my talents are anything special, but I do enjoy playing. Um, you, you, you talked about your father, Oliver.
0: He was the first president of Dynamo. Uh, you, As we mentioned, were an intern with San Jose. You grew up around soccer. But can you believe how far this league, MLS, has come in such a short period of time?
2: Uh, you know, I think it's great. Um, you know, and, and, and growing up, I, I didn't, Pay attention to it quite as much uh, but but as I got older and my dad you know sort of working with it uh, you know, I, I became much more interested in the league as a whole in a sense and then you know being here uh, now it's fun to fun to see the league grow uh, so I think it's great I think it's great for the sport in this country and uh, you know hopefully it can keep keep this upward trend going and and, uh, and keep the quality up
0: what do you think the driver is Angie?
2: I, I think there's, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I read somewhere there's more kids in this country than any other country in the world that play soccer growing up. Yeah, in, it's a bigger uh, the biggest sport in
0: America until the yeah of the age so of until you
2: hit whatever it is, 13 sixth grade, yeah. Or thir- yeah, high school, you know, and uh, you know the soccer mom phenomena. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think there's an appetite for it. Uh, I think it's a, you know I think this country's a great sports country as it is. You know, it can sustain. Hockey and you know, football and basketball and baseball and, and you know why not soccer?
0: But soccer is now the second biggest sport in the U.S. for the 12 to 24 year old American. Obviously, NFL number one, but soccer is currently topping college football, college basketball, NBA for the 12 to 24 demo. Lionel Messi and Ronaldo just cracked the top 10 favorite athletes for Americans of that age when they were asked, which is an unbelievable. I mean, to me,
2: un- it sounds like blasphemy.
0: <laughs> but how does that growth of the sport look like from the perspective of someone who's deep inside the NFL? Uh, you
2: know, I think, I think it's great one. I think, uh, you know, I, I hope one day that, that, that the MLS is, is you know, a challenge, you know, the FIFA World Cup uh, or FIFA Club World Cup. And you have, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully an MLS team that can, that can go in there and, and, and win it. Win it and, and be on par, uh, but but I think it's fun. As a fan, it's fun. It's fun to see some of the big name teams continue to come in the summer and do tours and uh, you know and, and engage in friendlies with with, with you know, some of the MLS clubs or an all-star team. Uh, so so again, yeah, I think it's great for the sport.
0: I mean, let me ask you this: It's an amazing achievement when I think about you that you inherited the starting role of the Colts from a living legend, Peyton Manning. I mean, you've excelled under that unique kind of pressure. And Manchester United, the coach there, David Moyes, took over from another living legend, Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Based on what you've gone through, I mean, he's finding his way. He's still finding his rhythm. He's still trying to define himself with the club. What advice would you have for, like, a David Moyes about inheriting from a living legend?
2: Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know if he needs advice from a... 24 year old Brad. Oh, he does. Uh, Believe
0: me. (laughs) Believe me, he does. Uh,
2: I know. I know I'm sure the situations are very different, but you know, I think for me, what was, what was, what made it easier was that, you know, guys in the locker room accepted me for who I was. They didn't try to make me be, you know, anybody else, whether it was Peyton or or what they thought a quarterback should be. The fans were very open and accepting. uh, And and I figured, Hey, if people are going to accept me and then, you know, let me be me. you know, work your butt off, show up early, you know. keep your mouth shut, and uh, you know. I think you're lucky to be surrounded by, by good teammates. Oh,
0: you hit David Moyes, keep your mouth shut. That's pretty well my advice <laughs> on that one. Last question for you, Andrew, from one of our listeners at Drew Ford for th- this season. It's been a breakout season in the English Premier League for the knee slide celebration. Everyone's doing it, reeling away from goal, running to that corner flag, dropping to two knees, sliding on that grass a little bit not so big in the NFL yet, could possibly take off. The question is, are you willing to start the movement, Andrew?
2: Uh That's a good question. Probably not. Uh, I do think the knee slide's a little better than the, the Gareth Bale thing he used to do with his hands, that heart he made. A
0: little heart, that wouldn't go down so well in the no, NFL, would No, no, that,
2: that, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be ridiculed for that. The knee slide, uh, I know I wear a knee brace, so that thing might get cotton and it starts spinning over. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I think you've got a medical excuse as to why not use it. But in the playoffs, Andrew, we will be watching. All of the men in blazers will be watching. And when the moment calls for it, we will we'll be very proud of you if you just slide toward those goalposts on those knees.
2: OK, I'll I'll, I'll consider it. Um,
0: we are honoured to have you. Thanks for coming on. We wish you the best for the rest of the season uh, into the playoffs. And uh, we look forward to it. Will you be going down to Brazil at all to cheer on the U.S. team?
2: Uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to go. I haven't given it too much thought yet, but uh have to go watch the U.S. We,
0: yeah. we will see you in Rio for the final, Andrew.
2: <laughs> Take care.
0: Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. What a man, Rog. <sighs> you know, Kyle Martino. Yeah. Who we love. He is. Told me a funny story. All six foot four of him. Oh, he's a uh, giant. He's Jermaine Defoe-sized. He is. He's yeah. the American Jermaine Defoe. He told me that when he played for the U.S. men's national team, uh-huh, Andrew Luck was just a high school start. Wow. And he came down to watch the U.S. men's national team train. Wow. And all the U.S. men's national team players were already in awe of this high school athlete.
1: Well, because there is a certain inferiority complex that we all have in American soccer that the football players are the real stars. And so when an American football player embraces the sport of soccer, we take it as a massive compliment. Gingy self-laving. It is, it is. Gingy, we all suffer from Gingy GSL, there's a bit of
0: Gingy SL in all of us. There right? is. GSL.
1: There definitely I'm is. Gonna,
0: I'm going to make that our charity. We're looking for a charity for Men in Blades. So I think GSL, <laughs> G-S-L is going to be it.
1: Uh, Ravens, Rog. Oh, this one from Stefan Rabranovic. Dear positive and toilet. At the end of Liverpool's destruction of Tottenham, the camera panned to Spurs chairman Daniel Levy and captured an expression I can only describe as absolutely and utterly terrifying. I totally agree. He looked like a weird cross between Lord Voldemort, Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad, and Hannibal Lecter. The camera then panned to AVB. He just described Goering. And I couldn't help but feel sorry for the man, another ginger. His expression looked as if he was wondering whether he would received 20 lashings from Levy, his authoritarian overlord, or just 10. <laughs> this made me wonder, who do you find the most terrifying in football, whether it be a player, manager, or owner?
0: Oh, what a question. It's different kinds of terrifying, isn't it? Because on one hand, I find Vincent Tan frightening. Yeah. Where someone's bailing out your club and then just using it as a plaything thing at whim and you're powerless to do anything about it as a fan. Like for me, Portsmouth, what has happened to Portsmouth? Just an ultimate plaything handed over from one ill intended oligarch after another. That that is that is proper terrifying. But you mean as a player who's proper frightening? Who's proper proper frightening? I've got one. The big Dunk, Duncan Ferguson. Yeah. Everton legend. Four convictions for assault. Two massive taxi fight uh, fights at taxi ranks. Headbutted famously defender John McStay while playing for Rangers and ended up in prison for three months. My favourite Big Dunk story was when, in Liverpool, two robbers broke into his house. I think they may have been armed with a rifle. Maybe not, I can't remember. But he confronted the robber, who tried to escape, and Big Dunk actually pulled the robber back into the house, threw it back through the window so he could beat the crap out of him. And then the robber ended up trying to sue Big Dunk for assault. He's now uh, off the alcohol. He's a youth coach at Everton.
1: That's so great. It's funny, I don't know that I find him terrifying, and I think one has to say that the guy I'm going to mention has made, you know, the things he does just as a man, I find very impressive. But one of the hardest, toughest footballers I've ever seen play, and I've been fortunate enough to see him play a few times live, is Craig Bellamy. And he's a guy who I would imagine, in a fight, I'm not sure, still, even at the age of, what is he, 56... So I he would says, take so he almost, says, I would take him versus almost any other would. player in the Premier League. So on, if Craig Bellamy, hard. if Craig Bellamy was
0: having a fight against Roy Keane, yeah, you'd pick I'll take Craig Bell-
1: Bellamy. You would. Yeah.
0: With, with the pool balls,
1: Bellamy yeah. coming oh, in there, weighing Bellamy, in there. Bellamy would do anything. Okay. Bellamy. By the way, I might. The one player I might take over Bellamy is Suarez, because Suarez is just a guy. He's like a Japanese fighter in World War II. There's just no. He is never, ever, ever ever going to give up. He's just going to come at you and come at you and come at you and come at you, at you and come too. at you and come at you. He might roll around if he gets kicked to the ankle a little bit too much. He might, he might fake a shooting or a stabbing. But uh, Bellamy, right. I'd say, is genuinely I'm going hard. to take you,
0: Bellamy, and I'm going to throw him up against my Roy Keane. Irishman at the heart of United's treble winning team. That British television just aired that documentary, Keane yeah. and Vieira, the best of enemies. They tried to look at the Arsenal-United rivalry in the 19, late 1990s, early 2000s through their two hard men Patrick Vieira, he was proper hard. Yeah. But even today, and they're both now long retired, you can still, dave you can still see the fear in his eyes through that hour-long documentary as he sat across the table from Keane, who's now 42. He's been retired from the game for seven years, but he's still all the way. The joy of watching this documentary, and it is on YouTube, we tweeted it out. You can look at our, um, our Twitter path. He still seems liable to snap. An attack. He, he just wants to reach across the beer and start banging his head on that desk. I've never seen a man smile with such disgust in my life outside of The Godfather.
1: Huh. I'm not saying Keane's not hard, just in case he comes over and, and takes me. <laughs> uh, for, what a great American name we've got coming up, Rog. Let me just savour this one. From Blaze Davenport. I love America. Dear Roger DeViso, 2013 is almost in the books. Time magazine does its person of the year. Who would Men in Blazers person of the year be and why? So, Roger, we're going to answer this. Yeah. And then we're going to open it up to a competition. But let's start with our answers.
0: I've got three. I'm going to count down in reverse order.
1: Okay, I've got three too. I've got to try and remember who they are. My first, third... Biped of the year. Yeah. We're doing bipeds, not people. Yeah, Because be... we want to include alien
0: life. We, we believe or deeply in... primates. ...a, a wide embrace. Ginges too could yeah. be it, for instance. So they're all in the biped category. Number three. Yeah. Mr. Roberto Martinez. Yeah. I've written a little testament to each one. Can I read okay. it out? You have taught me life lessons about the cosmic role of optimism within the universe. Look... But... You gave virgin birth to Romelu Lukaku and Jerry D. (laughs) (laughs) I bring frankincense and myrrh to your manger.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rog, I haven't written personal things, uh, but I think certainly the first person I'm going to announce in my uh, shortlist for Biped of the Year is somebody who's going to surprise you, someone who doesn't often get a lot of credit. But when I actually went down and and thought about the manager's... Do you know what? Frank Lampard is not even on my shortlist. Oh, a man God. that broke the goal-scoring record <laughs> at Chelsea this season. He really should have been. Oh, what did I do? I He into really should have been. It's like I just but walked into a ring. I wanted to look at some people that I'm not sure get enough appreciation and certainly don't get enough appreciation from us. So my number one is Arsene Wenger. I feel like the job this guy has done, think about the narrative for him this year. Think about what was being said about him this summer as he failed to... Um, uh, failed to make big signings, failed to spend all that money. And then when over they qualified the summer,
0: for the Champions League and the Sun had the headline, oh no, another £30 million to spend, Arsene yep. slapping his head, a hand against
1: his head. I don't think anybody saw Arsene taking this team, particularly after more bile level to him after that opening day loss against Aston Villa at home. Nobody saw him taking this team to the top of the Premier League. And I think that you look at the stability that he has guided that club and. Whatever you think about Arsenal, whatever you think about Arsene, the job that guy has done with a smaller squad than almost any other elite team in the Premier League, the job he has done with the style of football that that team plays week in, week out, year in, year out in the Premier League, uh, the job he has done developing young English footballers, which... You just don't see happening at a lot of other clubs. Yeah, the, the we didn't talk about that, Jack
0: Wilshere. The, yeah. the blur, NBC blurred out. The, they kept showing it, but they yeah. kept blowing out his it's stubby little. Did they blow it out because it was a stubby sausage <laughs> thing and it was disgusting? Or they just didn't they don't the the blur finger. Brendan
1: Rodgers' fingers. <laughs> There's no reason for them to do Jack Wilshere's. But I think that uh, Arsene deserves a lot of credit for what he brings to football, what he's done for Arsenal Football Club. And he has, I don't believe they'll win the league, but I think he's done an amazing job with this team. And I think he's done an amazing job I with bet football. you he's so happy that he's not even keeping a diary now. Do you, remember, did you
0: ever keep a diary when you were little?
1: No, never.
0: I did, until I realised you only write a diary entry when you're really depressed and miserable. Like when things are happy, you don't take time out of your happy schedule. To, Dear diary, I'm clicking my heels today. So when you look back on your diary, it's just yeah. misery and pain. I bet you Arsene Wenger has not written in his diary since about second week in August just a happy makes me happy that Arson is happy. Number two for me. Yeah. The number two biped of the year, as seen by me, Rebecca Lowe. Rebecca Lua. What she has done, her name
1: again? Rebecca Lua.
0: What she's done to professionalise and elevate the coverage of the game for me. Uh-huh. It's just taken American soccer broadcasting to another level.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Simply put, Dave, I've been thinking about this. Rebecca Lowe is the Khaleesi of American football. She's a mother of dragons. And you and I are her blood riders. We live and die as blood of her blood. We ride at her side to keep her safe from harm. Frank Lampard just
1: scored, by the way. Um so <laughs> leave, uh, that no. doesn't count. Uh, Rebecca Law, you haven't even mentioned her hair though. I mean her hair, what that brings us on a the pleasure, just seeing what her hair is gonna be like. I love on a her daily intelligence.
0: Basis. I love her intelligence and her I love hair. her insight. And by the way, all I'll tell you is yeah. Simon Roger has been contacted. I'll say He anyway. has,
1: that's all we're saying. He has been contacted. Um, number two for you, David. My number two, Rog. You see me, Rebecca Lowe, when you raise me. This is a man that we genuinely appreciate. But still, as much as we appreciate him, we still don't appreciate him enough. He is still not appreciated enough by his corporate overlords at ESPN or by the American football community in general. And that man is Bob Lee. Sir Bob of Lee. Oh, the general... The man who received, there was no other candidate. The first Golden Blazer at our first live show at Joe's Pub uh, back in September. Um, what
0: is it that you love so much about Bob Lee? I'll tell I tell you what I love, love about I love Bob him. Lee.
1: Let's just put to one side the fact that he is a broadcaster of the old school, non-parade. He is so he has so much broadcast skill, so much ability frankly, in terms of the job he does and so much professionalism. It's the fact that he does all of that and he has all that professional journalistic ability, but he so clearly loves the sport of soccer, has loved the sport of soccer, at a time, since a time when it was so, not only unfashionable, when he was probably given wedgies and beaten up and laughed treated at like to a his gingy. face and behind his back, treated like a gingy. <laughs> At Bristol, Connecticut, and uh, and and at the uh, old ESPN offices on Third Avenue, it is a um, and the speech he made at our live show at Joe's Pub, his passionate discussion of having been there and watched the U.S. men's national team since uh, the early 1990s, it was absolutely moving. He properly loves the U.S. men's national team, U.S. soccer, and I don't know where U.S. soccer would be, frankly. Bob Lee. So uh,
0: A lot of the reason I came to America, when I was little, I was about seven, six, I couldn't sleep one night and I went downstairs and my babysitter, I sat up and watched a documentary about Studs Terkel mm-hmm. and his work. And I moved to America to work with Studs Terkel. Bob Lee is the Studs Terkel of American soccer. Yeah,
1: Listening I think that's to the way great truth. I it. think that's great truth. And I got to tell you, this is going to be ESPN's last World Cup in 2014 for a while. Last Men's World Cup. Last Men's World Cup. Any uh, any broadcaster in this nation or any nation in the world would be lucky to have someone of the quality of Bob Lee working for them.
0: My number one is also called Bob. Oh. My number one biped of the year, according to me. Let me just think. Okay, go. Do you
1: have any guesses? Yeah, I do. I suddenly figured out who it was. It's. Say it. Bob Bradley.
0: It is. It is Bob Bradley, the man who taught me. I think of all the interviews I've done this year, it was one that I found most transformative in a personal, I guess, selfish way. The bloke has taught me and I think thousands of others how to live a noble, dignified, mission-driven life this year. Mm -hmm. Coach, ambassador, hero, moved to Egypt because he couldn't get a job in Europe because he was an American, knew it would be a challenge, didn't imagine when Port Said happened and the murders in the football stadium that transformed the face of, well, of Egypt, but for him, Egyptian soccer, but he still grappled, stuck it out. And how he stuck it out as an American, for me, what he did with Egypt, the Ghana games, irrespective, were my achievement of the year. And when we met and we played his interview on the, on the pod, Davo, he said, there's a lot of things as a manager you can you can't control. But the important part is that you bring it every day, leadership that says, don't look back. This is what we're trying to do. Let's go for it. Let's not be afraid. And I I think that's the credo by which I try or aspire to live my life. So May 2014, bring Bob Bradley, the job in Europe he craves and and deserves, frankly, be a massive glass ceiling broken for American football.
1: Uh, Very few uh, greater men in football management than Bob Bradley. A man who seems to, as, as important as his career is to him, a man who seems to put other things in his life ahead of his career. And that's why he's so successful. Uh, rog, my final person. Um, you know, we've, 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 we've talked about him a lot already today. You don't but have I to, must you say, don't have to talk about me some more, David. I've gone, <laughs> you don't have to talk about I've me gone to more. another level with this footballer after this weekend. And certainly in thinking about these 12 months, the narrative, the line that somebody has gone through. Luis Suarez, where he has been this year from the shoulder bite on Ivanovic all the way through to the offer from Arsenal, leaving the club out of contact, hated by every Arsenal fan saying, no, we don't want Suarez. Liverpool fans say, we don't want it back. And then everybody saying, the laughing. love of the fans is persuading me to stay. Yeah, he stays. He has a 10-game ban for the bite. He comes back and plays the kind of football that, honestly, when many people have doubted the quality of the Premier League and the quality of the Premier League to, um, to keep up with football around the rest of the world, the fact that we get to watch this guy play in the Premier League, he is just the best. I think he is the best pure striker in world football. I'd say that I'm not quite sure that Messi and Ronaldo quite play the same position as Suarez. Um, Ronaldo seems to play wider, Messi seems to play deeper. But Suarez, for that position he plays, there's no one like him in world football right now. I love watching him play football. I would, if I was allowed to watch one team for the rest of the season, and I'm no great lover of Liverpool, I would watch Liverpool ahead of any other team for this season, just because I love watching him play football.
0: Luis Suarez. What
1: a year. Dave goes
0: 2013.
1: Man of the Year. But we don't want to hear ours, do we, Davo? No, we want to hear yours. So uh, we got a competition. Uh, EA Sports have very kindly, and honestly, this is a great honour, Rog. They've crafted a limited edition FIFA 14 with us, Men in Blazers, <laughs> Rog and Davo, on the cover. There are just 10 copies in the world. In a, in a world. There are just 10 copies, and we are going to offer them In this world. All. Yeah, in this world. To, well, it could be in another world, yeah, you're right. We don't want to discount that. No, we don't want to discount that. you are very open-minded. Um, we're going to offer them uh, all, all 10 of them, to GFOPs. We're not even keeping a copy. We're offering all of them to the GFOPs who nominate their biped of the year in the most creative and thoughtful way. So we want them to, what, send three or just send one? Send one. I'll send one. Send you one biped of the year and tell us why, and the most creative and thoughtful and, frankly, well-written ones uh, to people we also agree with. And they um, can be
0: accompanied by images or whatever you want. Yes, exactly. You can Videos, your
1: case. Songs. Uh, send entries to meninblazers at gmail.com and we will announce the winners at the beginning of January, Roger. At the oh. beginning of 2014, the year the US Men's National Team win the World Cup. So, Dave, wherever we are in the world, both of us, and yeah. you hopefully listeners,
0: as yeah. the clock strikes 11.59, 55 seconds, 56, 57, 58, 59, just think in your own head. Yeah. When the clock strikes 12 on December the
1: 31st. Yeah. We
0: are just, whisper it, yeah, 100 And 63 days away from when Clint Dempsey lifting that golden painted grapefruit with a hand on it. (laughs) It's amazing. Coming home.
1: It really is amazing. Uh, Roger, your weekend looks like this Liverpool versus Cardiff City. Uh, that's what I'll be watching Saturday, December twenty-first, seven forty-five a.m. Eastern Time on NBC Sports we'll be Network. The of the year, Rebecca Lua and Luis Suarez. Uh, Southampton versus Tottenham on Sunday, December twenty-second, at eight thirty a.m. Eastern Time on NBC Sports Network. And Arsenal, Rog, versus Chelsea on Monday, December twenty-third, at three p.m. Eastern Time on NBC Sports well, Network. That one's for all the melons. <laughs> yeah, all the melons, without any doubt whatsoever. Uh, we're going away for a bit, Rog. Uh, we're going to be away over the holidays back at the beginning of January. Roger, I know you're going somewhere very special. Yeah. I'm heading to the UK. I'm heading to Austin. Um, And our best of album, Roger, it's still on the iTunes store. GFOPs, uh, selected parts of the first four years of the show, and Men in Blazers, Unbutton now. That's what I call suboptimal, available on iTunes. Yeah, that album, by the way. Yeah. Like Beyonce. Yeah.
0: It arrived on iTunes without any leaking or press coverage. No. It's um, somehow number one on the iTunes comedy chart. Still? Yeah. I don't know. First of all, who classified our craft as comedy? Someone called into our serious a show robot. to complain that all we do is talk about music and statistics. Yeah, we so, do talk a lot about music. Somehow iTunes think that we are a comedy album. We're above Bill Cosby, we're yep. above Mike Verbruglia, two men who both Devo and myself respect for knowing a infinitely lot. more about football than we do. Without a doubt. But I, I love listening to, I listened to the whole uh-huh. album the other day. Hearing you, Dave and if you do miss us while we're away, which you may or may not do, uh-huh. definitely... Check out some of the album because I enjoyed hearing you recreate Nigel Atkins firing. Do you know what I think? I
1: think Kevin Bruyne might be a gingy. I, that, look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him. He's yeah, a gingy.
0: Yeah, he's a pig-faced gingy. It's he's a, very a gingy, we dream.
1: love that. Go on. Rog, we should wish everybody a happy holidays.
0: Everyone, every GFOP, we wish you health and happiness to yep. you and your family. Yep. We wish you all that you wish yourselves. Yep. And we just love being with you. Enjoy. We really,
1: really love being with you. Without a doubt, enjoy your football and all your sport. Uh, over the holidays and be safe and drink lots of bourbon um, Rog Dominate Courage Vendor Punk Warp it. Stay in charge Size the day Size it Unbelievable
0: Kung Fu Fight in America Love you Rog Love you David Happy Crimble
1: Happy Hanukkah Thank you for listening to Grantland To hear more Grantland shows in your ear balls, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes or Go to grantland.com and click on Podcasts.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at
1: wondery.com slash survey.